Welcome to another edition of Who's Better Baseball, the podcast where we answer a simple question on each show. Who's better at baseball? I'm your host, Ryan Finkelstein, managing editor at JustBaseball.com. I have Elijah Evans with me today who covers the White Sox for us. He's a fan of the team, and he has loved what he's seen so far at this deadline. They cashed in big time on not only Lucas Giolito and Ronaldo Lopez, but another starter reliever trade with Lance Lynn and Joe Kelly. Now the question is, can they or will they really cash their biggest chip of them all? This is clearly a seller's market. Do they actually make the move that they said they wouldn't and trade Dylan Cease with two years left to control? Yeah, this is going to be a crazy next uh, day for me as a White Sox fan, just for all White Sox fans watching, because this is a this is an unprecedented situation with this market right now. We haven't seen a market like this in a long time. In the course of like three weeks, we went from a lot of teams in the middle that were leaning selling to now all of those teams pretty much leaning buying. I mean, there's we're, we're in a situation where it's really just the Cardinals, the Mets, and the White Sox that are actual sellers with assets. I get the Tigers too with their two pitchers, I guess, could qualify there. But teams that have real assets and are going to sell, that's it. And then you've got about 10 teams trying to get into wildcard spots in both leagues. And, you know, you've got, there's so many teams like, like the Cubs and the angels and the Padres that two weeks ago, we were talking about Shohei Otani and Marcus Stroman getting traded. And now we're looking at these teams as legitimate buyers and teams that are trying to make a run this year. So for the White Sox position, they, they've had this kind of, they've made it clear, you know, we're going to try and retool and compete starting next year. That's not the case. <laughs> when you look at this roster and you look at the reality of it and the prospects they're acquiring in the last few days, this team isn't going to compete next year. They might be better and the AL Central's weak enough where they might, you know, stay competitive in it for some somehow, but like this team has no starting rotation beyond Dylan Cease moving forward. They have no bullpen. The bullpen, I mean, I went to the Sox team the other day, some of the guys in the bullpen I I hadn't even heard of. Um and, and this is the team I follow. And they have other pieces that are going to be, I mean, the lineups got some pieces there, but you know, a lot of inconsistency, some other guys that still might get moved within like a Tim Anderson still might be moved either this tomorrow or, you know, in the off season, if not tomorrow, probably. So there's not a real world where this team's competing next year. And you look at Dylan Cease and like, there's no asset on the market right now, even close to Cease. Right. When you, when you think about value, you think about his contract, you think about all these other, his age, he's only 27 years old. There's nobody on the market getting even near the deal that ceases. And you have about 10 teams trying to add starting pitching still with all the other good options being rentals. And this is a guy with two more years of arbitration who can, I mean, he can be one of your two top pitchers in a rotation for the next three playoff runs. And for a competitive team that's in the middle of a contention window, that's the best possible ad you could make. What's interesting to me that just came to my head when you were talking about, you know, teams, you know, him being the best trade asset and what teams can give up for him. The team that just pops up, I think, is the Dodgers, right? Because they got the pitching prospects to deal. And this is something I didn't think we were going to get into, but the Mets-White Sox sort of joint pursuit of Dodgers assets in this type of a scenario because I think the one deadline asset that could Trump seize is Verlander, depending on how that contract is amended. So hear me out here. One of the things that's been reported, I talked about this on my show, Locked on Mets today, is how the vesting option is going to be an issue. Well, if you're Justin Verlander trying to 
um, or ex- trying to accept or not, you know, waive your no trade clause, right? Right. You have an opportunity to get rid of a vesting option and just make it a guaranteed deal. And why wouldn't you want that? You, right now, it's you have to hit 140 innings pitch and you got $35 million waiting for you. Clean that up. Now, the Dodgers, if that contract gets amended the same way that Max Scherzer's did, where his player option became guaranteed, and the Mets can eat money on this year, next year, and maybe even the following sure. year. And all of a sudden, you turn Justin Verlander into whatever it is this season, but over the next two years, a two-year, 40 or $45 million pitcher. Right. It's Justin Verlander, Dylan Seuss, the two guys that were head-to-head to, head to head in the Cyan race last year. Yeah, all of a sudden, they got to pick their poison on uh, on which right. trade they go for. I guess the question is, who's asking for more in that situation? I, I think the, the Sox are asking for more because I think it's the Sox just because of Dylan Cease's age, the fact that he still has room to kind of get back on track even more to where he was last year. And, and I think I, I think just the situation with Verlander is a little bit more complicated. I mean, with Cease, it's like like you explained, it could work out perfectly if he if he gets rid of that vesting option and it it becomes they have the run with the same amount of control. But you look at Cease and you say, you know, even when his when his contract's up, he'll still be 29 years old. And a team that had him for two years would probably have by far have the leg up and plenty of time to extend him. So if you're a team that's acquiring Cease, you're planning on extending him as opposed to Verlander, who's probably going to retire after that contract or maybe one more year. Who knows? That guy is an Iron Man. But, you know, it's I think Cease has a little more value. But you flip the script. I, I like the Dodger idea. But the idea that everybody's been talking about for so long and this team wouldn't be interested in Verlander, I don't think, because of the way they run things and the way their their youth is. It's the Baltimore Orioles. And we've, and we've gone back. I mean, everybody said this for the longest time. Since the White Sox looked like they were falling out of everything, everybody was like, the perfect trade partner is the White Sox and the Orioles. And I think the, the Mets are in a similar position where they could trade with the Orioles. But in, in regard to specifically the pitchers, I think Cease makes a lot more sense for the Orioles. They're a really young team. They're just entering, you know, what is going to be a long contention window for this team their system is the the best in baseball hands down and they're in a position where the Dodgers system is really good the Dodgers would still have to give up you know one of their top two or three assets at for sure in and then some for cease the Orioles could not even trade holiday Jackson holiday and Colton Kowser who's probably their second best prospect and they can still put together a package that would overwhelm the White Sox into taking it because their system, they've got eight, arguably nine guys in the top 100, um, depending on where you're looking at your rankings. They're, and that's that's better than everybody, right? So you put together three or four of those guys. Are the white? I don't think you can say no to that as the White Sox. You, you can't. And, I, and I, the Orioles are really reluctant to trade their prospects. But you look at their roster, and they've already got a lot of long-term pieces on their current roster. They've got a lot of long-term pieces coming up. Obviously, they're not going to deal with Jackson Holiday. I don't see any world where that happens. So you protect your number one prospect in the game. You use a lot of the prospect depth. I mean, they've got, they've got guys who are blocked and are sitting in triple a, like a Joey Ortiz who's sitting in triple a absolutely dominating. And the white Sox would start him tomorrow. <laughs> so it's there. I mean, it's, I, I get why white Sox fans are hesitant. And I get why the organization is hesitant because you want to have building blocks to move forward with. And that's why I have no interest in trading a Luis Robert I think he has, he has even more control than Cease, and he's two years younger than Cease, and he's a center fielder. I mean, besides the point, I, I don't think they even consider that seriously. But with Cease, it's like you don't – by the time the White Sox are competitive, he's going to be leaving. He's a Scott Boris client. We know the White Sox don't spend in free agency. Realistically, they have a small shot of resigning him when he's a free agent. 
And when they're competitive is going to be when he's becoming a free agent anyways. So trading him now, you capitalize on that two extra years of control. He, you, you utilize the fact that he's the best player on the market easily and you cash in and you set up this. I mean, the White Sox farm system was, has been, I, I, as somebody who follows it carefully, I think it's been slowly improving and we've seen that improvement, but it's still a system that's been in the bottom five to seven in the league for the last two years. They've already made it, you know, a medium middle of the pack, you know, teens range system just from these last three trades. If you cash in on Dylan Cease, in addition to maybe Tim Anderson and maybe a few of these other veterans, the White Sox could have a top five system in three days from now. And that's, that's something that like, I don't think you can pass that up. And I know it, it hurts because, and this is me getting really deep into my fandom here, but it it's unfortunate because this core of this team was supposed to be great and it was supposed to compete for a world series. So it doesn't feel good to blow it up and to change everything, but I don't think they have an option right now. And I think for the future of just the organization becoming, I mean, it, it's just too much of a risk to not take this chance right now to completely turn your farm system upside down in the course of a week by cashing in on C's in addition to all these other assets. I think it was about a month ago. I wrote an article, who will most take advantage of a seller's market at the deadline? I think you even did a podcast on it. Um, but the the point being, you've seen it with the Mets. The Cardinals were out in front of everybody on it, and probably because they've had a worse season in some respects. But the Mets, the White Sox, and the Cardinals are, are these three teams that have looked at this market, that have seen the, the calls that are coming in, and they have taken advantage. And you can't take advantage like they already have and not see it all the way through because that's where you completely in three years, you look back at where your team is and you say, we wouldn't be here if we didn't sell like crazy in 2023 in that weird year where everyone was buying and no one was selling. And I think the White Sox, even more of the Mets, need to make this move because with the Mets with Justin Verlander, they're still going to try to be good next year and they can just keep them. And, and like yeah. the, the Mets road to being a contender in 2024, it's a little bit easier to get to when you have Steve Cohen's resources and where the White Sox are right now. But the White Sox have an opportunity to, with the, the Orioles, the Dodgers, or maybe a surprise team, really make a big swing here. The question is just can you complete a deal like that before this deadline? That's what we're going to be watching here at Just Baseball. Make sure you follow our tracker where we are updating the two of us every single move that happens. Um, we'll have uh, articles for each big trade that's made as well. Sure, there'll be some videos and podcasts across the board. So check out everything we got going at justbaseball.com and also make sure you follow, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts.